Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Mavs Party. It's a shade before 6 p.m. on Sunday night, March 13th. I hope fantastic mood because I am, after the Dallas Mavericks, came back and defeated the Boston Celtics on the road, 95-92. to It was perhaps, perhaps the best win of the season. We've had a lot of best wins of the season lately. Uh, having a great time watching this team play, despite the fact that there's still a great deal I don't understand about how that they're doing this. Uh, the Mavericks scored 38 points in the first half, only to score 38 points in the third quarter, which was where the tide turned and the Mavericks took uh, pretty good control of the game. However, they found themselves down five with just four minutes and 15 seconds left, only to score uh, the final 12 or they scored 12 points in the final four minutes and stole a victory right out from under Boston. It's a great time. Okay, team, here's uh, remember the, the quote rules of coming up on stage. It may or may not instamute you pay attention to that. And then uh, be sure you um, are speaking by noticing the green ring around your name. Uh, that's kind of the key the key part in this because sometimes people can't hear you if the there isn't like a light uh, lighting up around your icon. Pull yourself out of the chat whenever I uh, pull you up on stage as well. Good gracious, we've got a lot of people. Um, we're gonna let uh, my man Jordan come up on stage first because this way Jordan can go back to bed instead of staying up until the middle of the night to watch the games because he is overseas. Hey, you- I'm doing fine. It's actually only eleven. Right now, oh, so only eleven. This uh, is great for you. <laughs> I am so happy to be honest. Like I was, that was the best part about this game was that I didn't have to wake up in the middle of the night to watch it. So tell us what you got tonight. Um. Okay. First off, um, the fact that the Boston fans booed Maxi Kleber for doing the exact same thing that KG did his entire career, um, is the reason they lost this game. Mm. It was karma for them being ridiculous. This is a great take. Elaborate for people who may not be old enough to know what Kevin Garnett did time and time and. Well, just like any time someone would shoot late, he would reach up and goaltend the shot to make sure it wouldn't go through uh, if it was a shot after a whistle. And so Maxie did the exact same thing, and they were calling for him to get a flagrant for it on KG's jersey retirement night. It was absolutely insane. And so that right there was the reason that we won. Mm, just some karma. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I said this on Twitter, but I personally cannot believe a team came up short on Kevin Garnett day. Just a real irony, right? Well, not really. I, mean, I, hate, I hate KG. Him in the I, like, I lo- like, I appreciate KG and love KG, the basketball player. Kirk, the Mavs fan, hates KG with a fire of a thousand. <laughs> exactly. Fans, so, yeah. Uh, I just want to say that the refs were absolutely atrocious tonight, and there is a certain point where these are the best trained refs in the world. And so at a certain point, this is no longer an accident, and they have been absolutely horrible (laughs) uh, and biased against the Mavs all year. And these are the best trained refs in the world, so this is on purpose. Wow. Got no com- I have no comment there other than the fact that I think the refing has been particularly poor lately. I will say an emotional home game for something like that, I didn't expect anything otherwise, but it's not just been this game. The Mavericks have been on the shit end of a number of, of bad refereeing games lately. Exactly. It's, it's not just this game. It's that it's cons- consistently happening over and over again. Sure. Well, you got anything else, Jordan? 
No, uh, I will let everybody else talk. Outstanding. You have a good night. Talk soon. All you right. Too. Coming up next is my guy, Harold. Harold, welcome. What do you got for us? Hey, Kirk. Can you hear me? I can. It sounds like you're you're driving. Yeah, I sure am. Okay. Uh, I'm just driving to go pick up my daughter, but um, I am, like, so thrilled with this win today. Um, my favorite fact is that they really did play the three-guard lineup a lot today, and yet we were able to hold Boston to, like, 90, was it, 92 points or whatever. Our defense was tremendous. The defense is just nothing short of incredible because they really turned it up in the second half. You know, Tatum has been um, – he leaped Luka in NBA's.com's MVP rankings because he's been so incandescent, and the Mavericks shut him down. Uh, he was 2 of 10 in the second half. He was just 7 of 23 overall, and he's their engine. And, you know, uh, Iztok Franco tweeted something to the effect of, you know, if, if you want to know the difference between these two players, just watch how they handle double teams. And Luca, you know, is a maestro, and Tatum um, Tatum looked like, uh, you know, a, a high school point guard bringing up uh, the ball against the press. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's what makes players like Doncic – um, LeBron James, you know, Magic Johnson, and those type of all-time great players, and why I hold them in, like, in a higher regard than, than even a Kobe Bryant, who obviously is a great, great all-time player. Um, and like someone like Steph Curry, who I think is, is slightly overrated, even though he is the greatest shooter I have ever seen. But uh, Lucas Special, super excited. I'm going to let some other people talk. Go Mavs. Thank you, Harold. I appreciate you very much. Um, man, I uh, I got to read this quote because I missed the post game because I just kind of come upstairs and start doing stuff. Cassidy Hubbard, Hubbard's got this one uh, post game from Luca. I knew it was going to be successful because every time I ask the refs when they hit my hand, they say it's not a foul. Luca on the pivotal challenge and more. God, what a great, what a great quote from Luca. He's just the best. All right, uh, let's start flying through some people. I'm gonna see. I've seen some names I haven't seen in a while. DeAndre, it's been a long time. What's going on, buddy? Welcome back to the show. Hit that unmute button. Hey man, how's it going? It's going. It's a great. You know, I'm I'm really excited because this game's over early, and I'm actually gonna be able to go to sleep before two in the. <laughs> well, that I'm glad you're able to be able to watch all this. I'm actually just got home from work and I was trying to catch the game, but I had other stuff going on. But I was able to see the highlights and <laughs> not not much spectacular uh, from Boston. Even though that they kept the game within within Dallas' hands, and then just Dallas just basically came back and stole. A victory in right in front of Kevin Garnett, which I mean, some bad fans, you know, just think that oh, KG better than Dirk? Oh no, 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 no. I mean, no, it's I always good K- to remind him of that. It's always fun. It's always fun. <laughs> yes, indeed. But Kurt, I actually have a real question for you. So with this win, I believe Dallas is about a half game back of the Utah Jazz for the fourth seed and home court advantage. But for some odd reason, I keep believing that this could be the team we face in the first round. Uh, is that what the, the, the main the main end goal is going to be? I don't know who they want to play. I, you know, we've had lots of talks about this in here following games. And 
each game, you know, it, it's really one, it's really fun to have March basketball matter, but it, it really is looking like unless the Mavericks go on a really atrocious slide, they have a pretty good chance of staying at five. I don't know if, if the jet, you know, I don't know if I want to play the jazz. Like lots of people here really want to play the jazz. And, and I think just for matchup issues, I'm not a big fan because those games don't feel very fun to me. Like Rudy Gobert is just so good at defense on the flip side. I know enough jabs fan or jazz fans to want to play them because like, it would be just really fun watching them get upset, but that's kind of a different. Yes, it's, it's just, I don't know, it's just every time this team goes up against Utah, it's just like all they want to do is basically give Luka right in the foul trouble, get him out the game early so that way they can easily pick apart this team. But it's just, I just honestly feel that Luka is going to mature a little bit better and, you know, cut back on these on these bitching at the webs and whatnot, because I believe he does have 13 for the season, technical fouls, obviously. And if he getting three more, he got that one game. That's right. That's right. We'll see what he does, though. He promises it's not going to happen, but he gets a technical foul every four games. So I don't see how that's good. <laughs> I don't know. Well, t- it's, it's, well, I guess we'll find out and see. But anywho, I, that's all I want. It was great to hear from you, uh, Kurt, and uh, go man. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk soon. I appreciate you coming back. It's been a long time. All right. We have uh, Santeri. I hope I'm saying your name right. What's going on tonight? Tell me. Hi, hi. How's everyone doing? I, you know, I think everyone's in a really good mood. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for me, it was, um, I mean, it was a great primetime game for me. The game started at 9.30, and um, it was just a fun time just fucking just kick back, get on the sofa, chill and watch Jason Tatum and Luka go at each other. It was great. First, about that challenge and the, the foul in itself, or, well, the um, because the high-five foul, it, obviously, it is not a foul in the NBA, but it is a foul in FIBA. So I think it's uh, it's good. That's a great distinction. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. That that might explain why people because I, I had a Euro NBA fan account retweet me and basically and and it was like all of a sudden I had a bunch of people in languages I didn't understand retweet saying it's like okay that explains a ton. Good. Yeah, it was um my uh, my commentator said it. It was like it it would be uh. A FIBA foul, but not in the NBA. So yeah, that's why I was like the first when the challenge happened. I was like, there's no way this is going through. It's no going through. But then it went through. It was like, oh, okay. Then I saw your tweet about the the high five with like, was it Covington and Mitchell? Something mm-hmm. like that. I was like, I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. So yeah, that yeah. was um, yeah. I uh, I just had a good time. I hope everyone else had a good time. It was a bit nerve wracking. It felt like a lot of times when just you know, Louis got doubled. He obviously threw a pass. And I'll just, you know, didn't go in. But um, a fun game, both, like, both teams defensively, man. Also, I think that was my I – mean, I think I've only seen a few games of the Celtics um, this season. This game, especially for them defensively, that was that was quite something. And also – They're man, pretty – they've really figured something out. They, yeah, when they got Derek White – it just added they, – they just have a bunch of dudes that can cover space, and they play real well. 
And it's like Luke is kind of the, the kryptonite for them because he, uh, he's better than their defense, but very few players has they have anyone like Luca. So it, it's they're just able to crush teams. Yeah, and also I feel like Robert Williams is like shout out to him. He is so much fun to watch. Uh, for me, just he just seems he's just this, this one just high energy dude. He's gonna be there for that offensive rebound. He's gonna try and get it. Good hustle. It's just he's a fun, fun guy to watch. Fun guy to watch. He is, and it was they've really. I hate how done how how well they built their team because they got him on like kind of a bargain contract, and then they got J, uh, not Jason Tatum. They got the uh, Brown on a really good contract. They're just they're just gonna keep coming. The Celtics are so good, and it's really like. But the Mavericks seem to have their number in the way that like the Suns beat the Mavericks. I don't remember. It it feels like it's been at least two seasons since the Celtics have beat the Mavericks, which is pretty wild to me considering how good yeah, they I got, are. I, I got no clue. I haven't checked. That kind of stats, but, <laughs> but yeah, Luca, I, I, I just remember there was a crazy Luca game winner earlier this year over Tatum. Oh yeah, that, so, yeah, that, yeah, with a on on J Porn and all that. Yeah, it was like <laughs> it was one of those just like bullshit. Like, oh, okay, of course Luca's going to take the step back three. Oh yeah, it went down again. Amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. like this is why we try to watch Luca every game though because yeah. he just is incredible. Yeah, we're happy that um that hamstring or the that apparent hamstring um hurty. Wasn't too bad. He was able to come back because if it if he hadn't come back, I feel like this would have been a very different story. And Kevin Garnett would have been, I feel like, a lot happier than he is now. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Well, yeah. thank you for joining tonight. Yeah, yeah. I hope everyone's having uh having a good day, night, whatever it is. It's one a.m. for me, so I'm gonna just brush my teeth and go to bed. So. All right. Well, you have a great week. Thank you for joining. Yep. Same here. Go, man. That's right. All right, Victor. What's going on tonight? Victor, hit that unmute button and tell us what you got. Sometimes it doesn't let you. Sometimes the app needs to be updated and gets a little goofy. Victor, you try again in a little bit. We'll bring you back. Oh, there. Victor actually figured it out, and then I I, I removed him from the stage. Victor, ask to come up again. <laughs> um, There we go. How you doing? Hey, Kurt, man. How's it going, man? Excellent. I'm glad. Just like the Mavericks, you stuck with me and you tried to get we, we got you up on stage. What's no, we, that that comeback was crucial for me just now. You know, I felt like it might have turned my season. That's around. right. <laughs> I'm I'm all I just wanted to, to give a quick shout out to to the Petty Mavs because I'm absolutely here to see them not only ruin KG's retirement night, but then earlier in the season to blow out the Warriors on Dirk's retirement night. Can we get a shout out for the Petty Maz real quick, please? I just the ability to come through in a moment when I was not having high expectations. I'm loving it because I remember we were talking in our Mavs Moneyball Slack before the Dirk, you know, the Dirk retirement. I'm like, man, they really did it on the night we're playing the Warriors. Like, couldn't we do it on a night where we're playing like the, you know, the the uh, the Rockets or or something? Yeah. And then, you know, this one, it's an afternoon game and it's like, you know, you get, you get news that Reggie's not playing. It's like, oh man, this is, this isn't looking good. And then there's that first quarter and first half. Terrible in these, I don't know who really is good in these afternoon games, but we really seem to struggle in these afternoon games, especially the ones that take take place on the East coast. Um, Yeah. So when I saw the first quarter, I I, I thought this was going to be a terrible one, but Boston was playing just as crappy as we were. So we had a chance, to be quite honest. So, yeah, we, we definitely stuck it out and got a definitely got a tough win. Um, 
another thing that I'm really enjoying is I was definitely feeling some kind of way about Reggie Bullock not playing today, but it seems like we have just enough pieces to 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 steal the strength by numbers motto, and we seem to be stepping up to the plate for the next guy whenever somebody's not here. That's really over the last couple of years, man. We haven't really had that, and that's really that's really good to see. It is. It is. I've. It, it's it's really relieving because. To be surprised like this repeatedly, and, and uh, there's a guy up on stage earlier, Harold, um, who uh, likes to sort of tease me and tell me that, you know, I, I don't think the Mavs are good enough. And part of that is because I've been hurt so many times <laughs> by the Mavericks where it's like, well, yeah. And, and to be surprised like this is. Absolutely. Um, I've, I've been I've been around for the Mavs since about 2002, 2003. Um, so I've, I feel like I've been here for a nice chunk of the heartbreak. Um, so to see, you know, to see us shake a lot of the things that I that I feel like were stigmas for the Dallas Mavericks, like we don't play defense or we can't, you know, we're, we're not a tough team. It's very, you know, it's very good. It's very surprising to see us shake all these stigmas in this new era. Yeah, it's fun. I'm glad to be proven wrong. Well, Victor, you got anything else? Nah, Kurt, that's it, man. I appreciate you. Of course. All right, we'll talk soon. Let's see here. Let's fly through, through some people because uh, I have 50 minutes. Sam. Where, where... Well, I'm enjoying this. Uh, join this Sunday afternoon after the Mavericks beat the beat the Celtics on cages of time and night. So <laughs> that just makes everything a heck of a lot better. That's for sure. Um. First of all, real quick, you know, to all the KG fans out there that be hating on Dirk, saying Dirk's overrated. They played in the playoffs one time. Dirk averaged 32-15. So, um, and they swept him, by the way. So, y'all can have that. That's just my quick little KG hate. I, I like KG, but, you know, if Dirk is, is better. That's just my opinion. Sure. <laughs> but, yeah, this game, um, man, the Mavericks, they could put you through it. They could play like crap in the first half and then score the same amount of points in the third quarter have lockdown defense on one of the hottest players in the league over the last month and come out with the win. I, I don't know how they're doing it. Like, I, I, I keep saying it. I don't want to do it, but you got to give Jason Kidd credit. I don't know what the it heck. There's, of course, absolutely. I mean, the, the third quarter alone and what they did to Tatum is such a supreme – and what they did to Tatum without Bullock is kind of the key for me is so unbelievably impressive. I'm, I mean, I, I'm going to need to watch that second half because I only watched the fourth quarter because of uh, my kid's birthday. And uh, I just can't wait to see what they do differently because, it, you know, Tatum was 7 of 13 or 7 of 23. It's crazy for how. And, yeah, and, and you said it earlier, like, just the difference between Luka and all these other great players. Because if you remember the game against the Kings when uh, De'Aaron Fox was going off, we started to double team him at the end of the game, and he couldn't do anything. And then the same here. You just start to notice little double teams here and there on, on Jason Tatum. He couldn't do anything. And then we, when Luka gets double teamed, he's either finding an open man or he's swinging the ball around to where he gets the ball back and he can pull up for an open three and he can take it to the basket. So, like, that's just the difference right there between Luka and his game and all these other superstars where he can handle just simple – I won't say simple double teams, but he can handle a lot of different type of coverages on him where a lot of these other great players – Either they can't or they're just not good enough to do it yet. So that's just that's my opinion on it, at least I think. Well, I mean, absolutely. I mean, the, the pass that led to the game-winning three 
Luca panicked them so badly because he's crushed them on these game winner threes from him before that he gets all the way in the teeth of the defense and there's three dudes there. And of course, Spencer's just open and there's nobody within 15 feet of Spencer. It's great. It's great stuff. Luca's on Luca's undefendable given a pretty decent support. Yeah. And then that's why so I hope this offseason. Well, I don't want to get to the offseason yet because we still got the playoffs, but maybe they could build off of that and maybe they can get him some, some better help than what they got now. But right now it's pretty good. Uh, Dodo, obviously he's, he's the man. I'm, I'm sorry. I even questioned him at the earlier part of the year. He's, he's great. And then, um, as far as the playoffs are concerned, like I said, the only, per- the only team I'm really nervous of to play if, if we somehow play him is Denver. I'm not worried about the Jazz. I'm concerned about the Warriors, obviously, if Draymond comes back. But the Memphis Grizzlies, they're great. But if if all if all our guys playing right, I can honestly see them beating them in five. Personally, that's just my like I said, that's my opinion on that too. And you're feeling you're feeling it right now. We did just, <laughs> we did just lose. Not to not to shit on anybody's happiness, but we did just lose to the Knicks by. Yeah, the, the Knicks have our number, but for some reason we have the Celtics. That's true. Just like for some reason, some teams just have teams number. I don't know what it is, but. Hey, like I said a win's a win. We got this tough stretch still. We still got to play Brooklyn, still got to play Philly, and you know we'll we'll see how it goes. But right now, I'm I'm gonna take a week to get. I'm happy about it. All right, Sam. Thanks so much. Talk soon. Right, have a good one. All right, Henry. We're just gonna go in order now, guys. I'm gonna go. Good gracious, a lot of you want to talk. Henry, what's up? Hey, what's going on, Kurt? I am enjoying. Yes, sir. Uh, happy birthday to Parker. Uh, you know, Mavs playing on your birthday on a nationally televised game get, definitely gave me high blood pressure, but I'm glad we pulled it out. Happy birthday. Yes, sir. Um, quickly, like, I mean, us playing this well, um, being deficient at rebounding, like, I think we really need to figure out. I, I know it's unsustainable, but if it's possible to make it sustainable, we really need to lean into that because we got killed on the boards. Um I think uh, Boston had 11 offensive rebounds to our four. Like, if we can find a way somehow to keep playing this way without rebounding, it'd be. Yeah, I mean, the rebounding is just going to be bad. Um, it, it, the way the team is built, they're they're not going to be able to to rebound teams. It's it's they're going to have to find ways to win in spite of it. And tonight's a really good example because the the you know what. The Celtics just have enough guys. You know, Robert Robert Williams is a great example of somebody. He's just the kind of big to outwork and out strength and out athlete the Mavericks bigs because he's a huge guy. So, wow. Oh, and also shout out to the chat for letting us know that uh, the official Tom Brady account he is coming out of retirement. Um, I know this is a basketball podcast, but Tom Brady is like 300 years old and playing his 23rd season in the league is absolutely bananas to me. Oh. That's all I got, Kirk. I'll let somebody else talk. Have a good Thanks, one. Thanks, Henry. Hope you enjoy the rest of your birthday. Um, let's see here. Mr. Douglas, welcome back to the show. What's going on? I think he muted himself this time. Iwan, unmute yourself. I want to talk to you. Let's see if he figures it out. I'll bring him back up here in a bit. Um, let's go with, let's go with Greg. Hey, Greg, what's going on? Kirk, I was half watching because my Iowa Hawkeyes were in the Big Ten Championship today and they've won their first one in 
nearly 16 years. Holy cow. So, so that was, so I was, so I was partially watching that and I, I watched most of the first half since, and that, I just want to say Spencer Dinwiddie, he's a difference maker and it's just beautiful to see. I mean, to have the confidence to take those shots, even with how he was struggling early in the game and Luca finding him with all the previous stuff that's happened to, that happened in the first half and fishing. I mean, it's a great start to the road trip at wing two and oh with how tough this road trip really is. Yes, it is. I'm very pleased by it because I was going to be this one. I was just sort of expecting a schedule loss. And then I was hoping for them to go steal one in Brooklyn. Then when I found out, I mean, I had this sound partially down for that. Cause I didn't really listen. I only, since it was halftime during the Iowa game, I didn't really want to hear halftime. So I just kept the volume down. And then I saw Kevin Garnett and all those guys. I was like, Oh, it's Garnett's number retirement. And then when they won that, that made it extra good. So. Yes, sir. Well, I'm glad. Good for you in Iowa. Got anything else? That's all I have. I just wanted to quickly come in and celebrate the goodness of today. So Exactly right, Greg. You enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Talk soon. All right. Let's go next with Ruben. Hey, Ruben. Hey, what's up, Kurt? Uh, I kind of fell into my... Um, a superstition because <laughs> um, I'm dealing with some sinus issues right now. One of my eyes look like I got a pink eye, but I don't. So I was uh, on my way home trying not to wreck, but I kept looking at my phone of uh, the score. Uh, but th- I was like, dang, the man's down 13. Okay. And I look again, oh, they're coming back. And then I wanted to turn on the fourth quarter, but I, maybe if I keep not watching the game, they'll win the game. So I was like, no, I'm not turning on the game no matter what happens or if they come back. I just want to see if this if this works and it worked. I'm just going to say I had uh, maybe something to do with that. But I know. Big fan of this. Big fan of this. Dalton Trigg, every time he starts watching the game late, the Mavericks all of a sudden start getting the shit kicked out of them. And I have bullied him into turning off the television um, effectively. So I appreciate your service. And. Thank you so much, but no, I was uh I saw that last shot, uh the Spencer Dinwiddie shot. I was like, man, Luca just draws the whole team every time he crashes, and if you know when our team is hitting their shots like they're supposed to, and especially that last shot, because I think he was bragging about how many late late threes he hit for the Wizards <laughs> before, so I feel like he has that in him, and you know that's good for the playoffs. So I'm kind of like. I'm kind of excited for the future of, of this team. I just know, like, with Nico, I know Nico can spot a good center that'll fit, you know, what we do to go along with Powell or if we have to give up Powell for the center we want. But Powell is doing his thing. I just hope Maxie can get, you know, he he's doing great on defense. And I feel like Jason Kidd was like, bro, just concentrate on getting rebounds right now. Because what, he had like 14 tonight or mm. – yeah, he was good. So I felt like he he kind of just, you know, I'm just going to, you know, not going to take all these shots. I know I'm going to miss, but I'm going to go all out on defense and blocking shots and getting rebounds. But I'm just glad we got the win, and I feel real good about the future of this team. So uh, go Mavs. That's all I had to say, and I wish I could have watched it, but I'm glad I didn't at the same time. I hear you. I hear you. Thanks, Ruben. We'll talk soon. All right. So my friend Brian, who does a bunch of draft stuff, sent me a video of the Memphis uh, 
center. I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head, but he's like, yeah, if uh, Memphis hadn't you know, been playing so well, he might have been a guy who could slip to the Mavericks at some point. He's perfect for him. And now I see – like I, I've watched a video, and it's just it, – he's the perfect Dallas Mavericks center, and he's just not going to be available. Jalen Duran, that's his right. Yeah, thank you for that, uh, Jeremy. I, I, I lost my brain for, for a minute. Um, yeah, he never would have been there for Dallas anyhow. That's okay. Um, all right, coming up next, let's try to bring Mr. Douglas up again. How are we doing? Hey, Greg, what's going Not on? Not much. Man? Thank you for trying again. Yes, sir. You know, I've been MIA the past few games because, you know, by the time you come on, it's late for me. I'm already, you know, I'm on the East Coast, so I'm, you know, I'm sleeping by then, but. I don't know. Watching this game is it's not like the old Mavericks game. Even though we were down with 13, it just felt like we're going to get back into the game because that's just what we've been doing all year. You know, and the funny thing is I have a chat with three of my good friends, and one is an Knicks fan, so I had to deal with that for a few days. One is a Celtics fan. He was talking, you know, his smack before the game, and the other one is a Laker fan. So it's like <laughs> I got to deal with it from all corners you know, throughout the year. But, um, yeah, man, this was a great game, man. Um, Spencer's looking good. Um, JB is kind of like slowly – I don't know if he's phasing out, but he's just – I don't know what's going on with Brunson, man. I don't know. Um, it just feels like he – like he's playing, but you don't feel him playing for whatever reason. You just don't feel his impact on the game that much anymore in the last few games. Um, how do you feel about that? I I understand why you say that, and it's reflected in the previous two games, you know, uh, that he's played box score. It's tough because he's so functional. It's I I feel to a degree, and the Celtics are kind of primed for this defensively. Teams that can do this have decided to stick a tall defender on him and dare him to figure it out. And I like, I'd like to believe that over the long haul, he will. But right now, it has not been the case. And, you know, he played a pretty okay game tonight. He had some turnovers that were ugly, but, you know, he, he hit half his shots. He scored 14 points on 12. You know, he hit two of four threes. In fact, he took four threes is something that I loved. Um, you know, the, the Nets are not – I'm trying to think if they're, you know – the Nets kind of terrify me as a matchup. The Sixers are not a great matchup for him because they're so huge. Um, but I, I think they'll get, he'll get back on track at some point and in going into the playoffs. And I, I think he'll be a pretty key cog coming down the, the way of things. Yeah, I hope so. But um, even with Maxie, I got to give him credit. You know, you know he, he gets dunked on at least two, three times a year. But, you know, he, he don't let that deter him. Even though he has no legs and a shot. You know, he gets the ball. He don't want to look at the rim. But defensively, he's locked in, man. Green got him good. But, I mean, Brown. Brown got him good. But he came back and he swatted his shot on, you know, a few possessions later on in the game. He just denied him. He's like, nah, you're not getting me twice. And You know, that's a good observation because it's so funny. Offensively, he, he clearly gets terrified when he – maybe that's not fair. But we all know he doesn't have a lot of confidence in his shot right now because it won't go in. And yet the man can get dunked on back into the Stone Age, and yet he's willing to go defend again yeah. after you know. That- yeah, he doesn't give up. He fights. He fights, man. And I was saying to myself watching the game after he did that, um, Brown dunked on him. I'm like, and Brown, you know, he was getting all hype, and you know, next few possessions he's trying to you know mix it up. And I'm like, this guy better just relax because he don't know what's about to happen for the rest of the game, man. 
pretty much for the rest of the game, they had Tatum and Brown pretty much on lock. Um, man, I don't know what else to say about um, Finney Smith. It's like, in a way, we robbed him because he deserved more money than what, what he got from us. The way he's been balling, he's he's reliable, man. He goes out there, you know, he typically has the best defender, and you know, he's when it comes to confidence, he's he's letting it go. He's not thinking twice. He's letting it rip, man. And I, I love what he's become. Well, it's, and, it's really fun if you go check out like his game log. So he shot nine times in the second half. I looked at this earlier in the week. There's it, he has forty something games this year where he shot eight or fewer times in a game. Yeah. So his sort of just like budding and continuing to grow confidence is really fun to watch because I mean I feel confident every time he takes a shot, particularly in the Yeah, man, that's true. Um I mean moving forward, like I said, I feel like you know, the Undertaker theme song he had back in WWE, keep rolling, rolling. That's how I just feel that we're gonna keep doing, just keep rolling. And I don't really, I won't say fear any teams that we face going forward, but I just feel a confidence that it doesn't matter who we play, like, we can win. We have Luka, and if the role players just do their jobs, they're going to be in great positions as long as Luka's on the court. They just got to do their jobs. And once they do that, <laughs> we can be anybody, man, anybody, anybody. So... Yeah, it certainly feels good right now. Certainly, it's just a heck of a win, a heck of a way to start the week. Yeah, man, great win, great win, great win. Um, I'm going to catch you on Tuesday, man. I'm in New York, so hopefully, you know. Wednesday. We got a couple-day break. Oh, Wednesday. It's a a 7 p.m. your time start time. So you might – like, it starts here at at Dallas at 6, which is ideal. Game will be over by 8.30. I'll be able to go to bed before midnight. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm going to see if I can go to that game, but um, Ooh. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked if we win that game. So, it's nothing nothing surprised me with the Mavericks anymore. We just we're, – we're a good team. We're a really, really good team. Love it. Talk All soon. Right, man. See you around. All right. Let's see here. Coming up next, I'm going to bring up uh, – let's go James. Hi, James. You've been waiting a bit. Welcome. Hey, you got me? I do. How are you doing? James, we're barely picking up your audio, so I'm going to repeat your question to the crowd. Um, his, his question was, what is it going to take for Luka to shake the moniker of a bad defensive player? Um, a season-long commitment to defense? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really not sure because he is playing smarter positional defense. He's trying harder. Um, he's looking so much better than he did earlier in the year and really way earlier in his career for certain um, so I don't know what it's going to take, but if he can go – as long as it goes uh, away from being a part of the discussion about him that he can't play defense, then then that – Yeah, I I, I just uh, noticed there's a – we have all these small ball lineups now, and if he's not the defensive liability, then there's really – no one you can blame in that situation. I mean, Luca's just holding his own at the very least. I don't know. Uh, it, it, I don't know what it'll take to make him uh, 
or give him a reputation of being a good defensive player, but he's got to shake the bad defensive player eventually. I think there's something to that. I mean, this like the playoffs is one example of an area and a time and place where you can shake some of this stuff. So maybe we'll see it in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's exactly the point I was going to make. If, it, if it's on the stage of the playoffs when defense really matters and he's not a liability and it's, it, I think you'll get some credit at that point. For sure. James, that's a really good question. Thanks for joining. <laughs> yep. Thanks. All right. Talk soon. Um, all right, Jacob. What's going on, Jacob? Hey, how you well, doing, Kirk? I'm, I'm doing good, thanks. Outstanding. What do you got well, for us tonight? Well, after the first two possessions of the game, I thought it was going to be a long <laughs> game after Horford had Luca in the post two times and got two easy points. But I guess the Mavs just hang, hang right in there. And what was it, like 40-38 at the half? And then... Got to give it to um, Dorian Finney-Smith in the third quarter. It was, it was maybe one of the best um, offensive quarters he had in the Mavs jersey, I guess. Yeah. Loved it. I mean, so, it's incredible to watch. Yeah. And, and I think Maxi played an underratedly um, defensive game. Obviously, he got dunked on by Jalen Brown, and that's going to be a headline for him. But I don't know. Yeah, uh, see, see, this I love this. This is a great uh, – Jake, I'm glad you mentioned this because Josh Bowe in our, in our, our podcast, and I just got notification, notified by Spotify that it's actually up uh, in your podcast stream. So if you want to hear me talk even more after this, go download that. Josh Bowe argued that this might be one of Maxie's best defensive performances of his career yeah. with just how he kind of kept bouncing back, and it's – his box score is just so funny, and yeah, he got dunked on, but I mean, they don't win that game without Maxi. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everybody besides Mavs fans is just going to look at the dunk, but I mean, he had, what, three blocks, 13 rebounds. Obviously, only had two shots, didn't make any of them, but I think it was quite a good game for him and pretty good start of the East Coast road trip, I would say. Dang right. I mean, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty pleased and kind of surprised that they're still sticking with Maxi despite his offense going this cold. Um, and I'm, I'm hopeful and really, you know, this is not the week for it because they play Brooklyn and then they play Philly, but maybe, you know, against the, the Charlotte Hornets or somebody, they can find a way to get him a couple of like ready-made baskets and really get the, uh, the offense. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's going to be interesting on um, who they're going to put out there the next two games when you got Embiid and um, Kevin Durant playing. And we don't have pretty much anybody that size besides Boban, and we're not going to play him, <laughs> right. obviously. <laughs> right. I, the Embiid thing is the one I'm least looking forward to. Like, I think the Nets game will be a lot of fun, but, like, the Sixers just play, you know, it, it, it's like American football, three yards in a, in a cloud of dust basketball at times with how many fouls they draw. And, ugh, I'm just yeah. not looking I'm, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if Dwight fouls out. Yeah. <laughs> And and Embiid has like twenty three throws. And Dwight Powell, and and Maxie has or not Maxie and Dwight Dwight Powell has like a broken nose or something from getting yeah, like exactly. committing a foul. It's <laughs> ah, good exactly. stuff. Yeah, but besides that, it was a primetime game where I live in Germany, so I'm quite happy. I, it's still a reasonable time to go to bed now. Outstanding. So yeah, let's say. Well, thank you for. Well, thanks for staying up late to hang out with us. <laughs> thanks for having me. All right, we'll talk soon. Yeah, sure. All right, let's see here. DJ, what's up? Welcome back to the show. It's been a while. Hey, what's up, Kirk? 
Oh, just making it through a Sunday. What do you got? Um, rest in peace, Maxi Kleba. I mean, that was that dunk was filthy. But I love that he still just um he stuck with it. He didn't get down on himself. Um, he played a great game defensively, and part of defense is you know getting the rebound, and he was also great on the boards tonight too. He really was. The rebounding was key because the Celtics, it's like we've been talking earlier, oh, the, you know, the Celtics had 11 offensive rebounds. Well, they could have had a few more. <laughs> <laughs> he did a really good job boxing. I mean, 13 boards in 29 minutes is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And I honestly was – I was watching the first half, and I was just like, you know what, I'm going to just take a nap and just hope that they they win when I wake up later and – um, it was it was pretty bad, but I actually stuck stuck with it and watched the entire game. It's just the the turnovers, the missed shots, and just nothing to like not to take away from the Celtics defense because they are they are legit uh, defensively, and so are the Mavericks. But just watching how they were playing in that first half, I was just like, oh no, this is bad. <laughs> yeah, it's understandable, and that's why the second half adjustments the team's been making for the better part of this year. Is- Absolutely. And <clears throat> I was thinking about it earlier today and I was like, you know what? I think I owe Jason Kidd an apology because my mom, um, she she was surprised when I told her at the uh, beginning of the year, I wasn't a fan of Jason Kidd being our coach. And she was like, what do you mean? You love Jason Kidd since you were a kid. And I was like, well, I don't like him now. He He's not <laughs> good as a coach, <laughs> but he has made adjustments. Um from the first half to the second half of, you know, the last few months. And the results are very pleasing. Sorry, I, I think there's a lot to that. I've, I've had a similar discussion um, with, with friends, particularly people who I talk to. And so because they talk to me like in real life, they don't listen to my podcast. Cause like, why would you want to listen to one of your friends talk on a podcast? And I, I had to tell one of them, I was like, yeah, like, I, you know, we've been talking about kid for at least the past 20 games. Like there's a lot to it. He's like, Oh, you were really kicking the shit out of him. I'm like, well, yeah, I was because he wasn't very good. <laughs> but you know, It's like now, now like everything that they're doing is working. And so it, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, one last thing, it's just uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, man. Since we since we uh, acquired him in the trade, we are nine and two with Spencer Dinwiddie, and I couldn't be happier to have him. He's been great since he's been here, and I think I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I think he's going to be a big part of what the Mavericks want to do going forward. Yeah, yeah. Guys, not to derail the conversation, but this is the funniest thing I've seen. And you guys were talking about it in the chat. Now I have video of it, of the Grizzlies and Thunder both taking the court in white uniforms. Absolutely outstanding content. Just the NBA. Oh, I just saw that. (laughs) (laughs) Love this stuff. All right. Well, thank you, DJ. Do you got anything else? Uh, No, that's it. Thank you for bringing me up, Kurt. Sure thing. Um, we're going to get to as many people as I can before I got to go do bedtime with the young son, Mr. Barnhill. Welcome back to the show. It has been some time. Thank you for joining us again. Hit that unmute button. Give Drew a second here. Sometimes it takes a minute because if we've got to pull you out of the chat, I'm not sure if Drew's in the chat though. There yeah, he is. Hey. I was in the room. I was hitting the wrong button. Sorry no, about it's that. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. I just got a couple points to make. Uh, it's, it's, it's Sunday, so I'm taking a day off from the IRS here. But uh, 
One thing I'll say that if uh, Robert Williams III was uh, was playing for Dallas, I I don't think Duke Luca would ever have less than ten assists. Uh, the, the hands that, that guy has is amazing, and that's kind of an underrated stat for a big man. He, he great hands around the ball. That he, he he strong hands, you know. And I think if Luca was throwing out alley oop to him, like I said, I I think he would average over ten assists. Uh, one other thing, you guys talking about Jason Kidd. One thing that I think if you go back to Jason Kidd's career, the first three years that he was in the league, you know, he was a horrible shooter. And he learned, he worked at it, he worked hard, he became, and he became an outstanding three-point shooter for, you know, later on in his career, mid-career and everything like that. And I think the same thing as a coach. We have to understand that, you know, a lot of it is that players learn to play, coaches learn to coach. And, you know, he mentions how much he's learned so much from Frank Vogel and everything like that. And I think he's ever evolved. But this is a smart guy willing to work hard. And I – and I and I think he's going to be all right for the future, and, you know. And one more thing, I'd like to say, you know, I, I keep talking about Josh Green and everything like that, and I and I just I really think that Josh Green is 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 going to be all right. I think uh, somebody the other day was talking about that they said that they're t- saying that uh, uh, Jalen Green for Houston was a bust and everything like that because he wasn't tearing up the league. He's 19 years old, and sometimes I think we forget that the maturity process has to go through. And I think it's unfair to compare him to Desmond Bain, who's two and a half years older, came in the league much more polished. But but Josh Green, just on athleticism alone, is a great defender. And he can once he learns how to defend, learns some of this stuff, he he has tools that a lot of players don't have. And I think that I think he's gonna end up having a better career than Desmond Bain when it's all said and done. That's a bold take, and I love it. I think you're insane for it, but I love it all the same. Um, Drew, you got anything else? These are, these are great comments. I've seen, but I've, I've just seen Josh Green not always make the right play, but his effort and athleticism, you know, he, sometimes he, he, he gets into things that, that or gets out of things that nobody else can do. And like I said, once he, he learns and I, he's shown me in the last three years, he's learned, you know, he came in so raw, people disowners and he came in, you know, the, the whole COVID situation, everything like that, never got a chance to learn. But the kid has great athleticism, can do a lot of great things. And once he figures these things out, I really think he's going to be a great piece for this team. I hope so. I mean, above all else, him being a functional role player, even if it's for 15 minutes a night, certainly matters with how thin the Mavericks have been. Um, and it's it's nice getting to watch him. Well, well, thank you, Drew. I appreciate you coming up. All right. Good luck. Uh, good luck during tax season. I appreciate you taking time out of your day. <laughs> one more month. One more month. <laughs> keep keep grinding, and then it'll be playoff time for the Mavericks. Yeah. All right. Talks in. Um, I do think the the his point about Jason Kidd is particularly interesting. Um, in that you know, it, people rarely change how they behave, and and Kidd has seemingly changed how he behaved. And I don't know how many people followed the league closely when he was a coach with Brooklyn or Milwaukee, but like the things he was doing as a coach personnel wise and people wise, it's in Mirren Fader's book. There's tons of stuff for his time in Brooklyn, just sort of how he, how he treated staff and how he treated players. He was not a good, like he was, I'll say he wasn't a people person. <laughs> Let's just put it kindly. Like there's a lot of copy about how he treated staff and such and that he's so collaborative with his current staff. I think it's fascinating. Anyhow, um, Grayson, what's up? Hey, Kirk, how's it going? Um, uh, so one thing that I've kind of noticed with this new offense um, since the trade, when they've got Luca, Dorian, Brunson, Dinwiddie, and then you know someone else, uh, 
Powell or Green or whoever on the floor, they've got four guys that can get the ball to the basket. Now that Dorian has just magically gained this ability to like put the put the ball on the floor and like drive. Uh and I think that's a huge addition to his game. And I we've been heaping praise on Dorian this whole time, but I think he he really deserves it. And um I'm gonna say a name that you probably haven't thought about or heard in a minute, and that's Tim Hardaway Jr. Really curious to see what happens to this team when Timmy comes back. If we're gonna get this year's Timmy, uh I'm not really looking forward to it too much, but if we're gonna get Last year's Timmy, the, the second best player on the Mavs last uh, to end the season last year. I just can only imagine what this team would look like. I kind of think maybe the reason we haven't noticed his absence as much is because we have a power forward version of them sitting on the bench, like an overpaid shooter, air quotes. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm glad that we made this trade. I'm glad that Chris Esperzingis isn't a cloud over that team anymore. Completely agree there, and you're already seeing Wizards fans going through it, and um, I feel bad for them. But, you know, there, there's just a lot to enjoy right now. There's a, there's still a lot of ways they, they can seemingly improve. The Hardaway thing is interesting. I agree with Ike in the chat in the sense of I don't think Hardaway's going to come back this year. Foot stuff is just too freaky. And I also don't know if, you know, if he comes back, you kind of have to play him. And if he's – because he just makes so much money – and hit Tim is secretly, maybe not so secretly for people who watch basketball like we do, is one of the worst defenders in the multiverse. Um, that dude would get lost on a back cut. Uh, it, it's just kind of incredible. Um, yeah, I'm telling you, Davis really reminds me of them. They both can't play a lick of defense. They can get hot for sure from the three-point line. They're overpaid, though, and uh, – you know, you kind of put them in if if they're shooting well and take them out if they're not. But I agree. I I, I don't know if Timmy's going to come back this year. I just I was thinking about that today. I was like, oh, he's we we have a we have another shooting guard on the roster. That's crazy. Just didn't you know? I don't think about these things. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Grayson. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon. Yeah, appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, someone in the chat. Um. I don't want to butcher his name. Mr. Way says, in hindsight, can we agree that Kidd wasn't in bad, wasn't as bad in the first half of the season? He was just investing in defense, thinking the offense would come away with a point guard like Luka. I do think there's something to the defensive stuff because they were trying a lot. Their offense is insanely different if you go back and look. There was almost no spacing for 25 games, and part of that is because they were figuring things out. But it, it's pretty crazy how different the offense looks now. And I think, you know, nobody really talks about this. But they've gone back to Luka Ball. Luka dominates, but he's he's giving it up just enough now with Dinwiddie on the floor, and it makes a difference. Um, all right, coming up next is Max. Hey, Max, what's up? Max with the incredible Dwight Powell Arms logo. Max, hit that unmute button, and then you can tell us what's going on. Nope, no Max for us. Okay, Max, we'll try again in a bit here. Um, let's go with Brett. Hey, Brett. Hey, Kirk. Yeah, so uh, you touched on it a little, but I, w- I did want to sh- uh, shout out Klima, uh, who, you know, for pretty understandable reasons, gets a lot of, you know, hate. Um, but largely that's just a result of him being asked to, you know, carry too much of an offensive load. Um, but but I, I do think that the point on him about that he doesn't, like, obviously he, like, loses confidence in his shot, but he does not let anything basically affect his defense and his effort on that end. Like, 
regardless of like getting dunked on or being like clearly like incapable of like doing anything on the other end of the floor, he still like was like very crucial um, in defending like you know Tatum at the rim um, in a way that like obviously no one else on the Mavs roster can do anything like that. Like like regardless of 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 you know his offensive struggles, he will continue to play this much against any team that that, that they actually like need him to play against. Sure. I think I think that's 100% the case. They just have to figure out something with his offense because we can't treat a guy who was at one point a 40% three-point shooter like he's, um, well, basically like the, the way that we were treating Marcus Smart. Yeah, I mean, like, they, they, they have to, like, he has to keep shooting, like, especially against, as you said, against, like, worse teams. Like, they, like, he has to just keep shooting and then hope at some point he's able to at least, at least, like, I mean, I'm not expecting him to shoot like he did last year or whatever, where he shot like close to 40%, but like even just being able to be a passable, you know, play on the outside. Um, Go ahead. Sorry. I was talking uh, to my wife for a second. Um, but, but yeah, like, I, I don't know, I, in the game, I, I'm glad that I don't, I don't like really tweet during games because in this and many of the first halves this year, I would have like, you know, tweeted a bunch of like, you know, stuff that ended up, you know, being looking really stupid by the end of the game, um, particularly like criticism of some of the rotations, which I still, um, Trey Burke being the first man off the bench, I guess second after Kleba, but like that was, that is still, I think, pretty indefensible. I still don't really understand it. Like, like they, like they, you started three point guards and then you still had Trey Burke in the game. Um, like, like I get that the, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't get what what they see in him. Like especially in a game like this. Like I get you're playing like a bad team or whatever or you need an offensive offensive spark, but like all you do when he plays is especially <laughs> when they have everybody everybody else healthy, is like just take the ball out of players who who, you know, are good. He does nothing. It is remarkable how much nothing Trey Burke does. Yeah, I mean like like Sterling Brown, like obviously I think he's probably like the worst player in the NBA, but like, <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, like, I, I don't think he's like made a shot in like since like last year, but, but like, I mean, I get that they like want to like get him some minutes because at least like, Boucher, other than like as opposed to Trey Burke, he at least is not like five foot ten, like, mm. like, like he at least is like, you know, provide something even when he's doing everything else poorly. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, obviously, those are players that won't like won't play in the playoffs. Um, but, like, I don't know. I just couldn't really fathom why, like, Green wasn't really the first player off the bench in favor of Burke. Like, I did. Well, and then they, yeah, and it's like five wasted minutes in a game that came down to two possessions. And it's like, well, let's just not do that thing. I, I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, like, like, like there were – and then also the, the, the non-Luka offense has gone back to being, like, pretty pretty garbage at the, <laughs> at the beginning of those second and fourth quarters. Yeah, like I, they scored like one that one Bertans three, and then just did not score for five minutes. Yep. Like luckily yep. Boston also couldn't shoot, but but they went from being up two to down five or something. Yeah, I mean I've I've been talking about this the past few days, and like I don't like we're we're far enough into this where I hope people can understand that it's like I'm not doing this to shit on anybody. 
But it's pretty amazing to me that the Mavericks, you know, and this is because Tim Hardaway's injured in no small part, but the Mavericks are basically playing seven and a half guys and are up against the apron. They can't do any, like, they can't cut Burke. They don't want that dead money. Like, that's basically what, if you look at this sort of stuff, they're worried about where they're going to be next year with some salary cap situation stuff. And and we're going to have an explainer on this either next, like, tomorrow or next week up on the Mavs Moneyball. But, like, the Mavericks are just sort of, like, hamstrung. Like, Donnie Nelson did a particularly bad job managing aspects of this cap. Um, and I don't know. It, it's it's just a little bit frustrating to say it's like you have, you're paying this much money for this team and playing seven and a half guys because Frank is unplayable. Uh, Brown Sterling Brown is unplayable. Trey Burke is unplayable. Oban is unplayable. That's seven, like or four guys. And then I see that, you know, and I, I love y'all who power watch these games and, Hey, why doesn't the two-way guy play? Look, like this is a team competing like, for okay. like a top four it, seed. They're not going to play that guy. Yeah, I was going to say, like the people who want him to play or want like Frank to play or et cetera, or just any of like the like, and, and like I'm someone who has occasionally said like, you know, I don't have a problem with them playing occasional spot minutes just to like, you know, try something different. But mm-hmm. like the, the, the reason they don't play on a regular basis is because they're bad. The reason that, that, that it's like a four, uh, that, uh, it's like six players on the roster are bad. Yeah, That's, they're they're just like. It's like G League level players, like like people who clamored for uh, Moses Brown to to you know play at the beginning of the year, he was bad. He was really like 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 clearly like coaches can see what these players are doing in in practice and like in other you know other games. Like it does not take you know much film or much like you know game experience to see when it's like if, if someone is just like really really terrible. Like, sure. like, like even Josh, like, like Josh Green, even last year when he was like pretty bad, he still at least like looked like an NBA player at times. Like he clearly did not have like, you know, much like or any skill because he had he he's only played like a couple years of basketball in his life. But like, but he at least like looked like an NBA player in a way that like very clearly like Sterling Brown does not look like an NBA, NBA player. Like he looks like I I genuinely am like doubting if I remember him. Playing like I remember watching him in previous years where he could. It was like, pretty finish. good. Like he yeah. got some real use out of him, and like, it's he just hasn't done anything since. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I can't really you know understand that, but you know, it it makes it hard now. It makes it where I don't know. I like I don't like right now the the Mavs are at like roster wise what like the the you know the Raptors have been at all year. Where they are basically like like seven guys deep, and you have to play those seven guys, and so you end up with guys playing forty minutes a night. And like, I get that they like want to win games, but like, I also really don't want players to get tired in the playoffs. Sure. Like, I was very happy that against the Rockets, like Maxi played like three minutes. Well, they're like, they're kind of freaking. I, you can kind of tell to a degree that they're 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 looking in the rearview mirror, and they ought to be because if they if they get and they stay in the top six, then they basically get to miss that week of playing stuff, which allows for some rest. So I do, I see what you're saying and absolutely agree. Though I, I, I if well, if I, this is what I, they're going for, you, you know. I mean, I, well, I, I mean, my feeling is like obviously I, I don't obviously don't want them to you know slip slip into the play in. I mean, don't want them to. Um, I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, but, but like I don't. But honestly, the like you know. The, the like you know being the four the five the six does not really like like considering the matchups aren't like it isn't like oh there's here's, here's one team like we really want to play the jazz 
like like maybe internally they feel like that. Like like Luca even I think said as much that they would really like to be the four seed. But like I don't know how much of that is just like that's what you kind of have to say. Right. I mean, I would like them to be a four seed because I would love for them to get a home playoff win for the first oh, yeah. time in ten years. <laughs> yeah, last year's series, but. <laughs> All right, Brett. Thanks so much for hanging out. No problem. All right, guys. Just so I, I I'm, I'm straight up with everybody. I'm gonna try to get to everyone, uh, but I don't know if I'm gonna be able to because I have a heart out in eight minutes. So, Stephen, you've been waiting forever. What's up? Hey, man. Great. Just enjoying spring break right now. And, you know, just on the edge of my seat like everyone else was during that game. Um, I have one question. So this year is essentially Josh Green's uh, rookie year. And I think that uh, the one of the previous callers, Mr. Barnhill, he made a lot of great points that I was like, damn, I wanted to talk about that. And he, he made uh, a lot of solid points of like how I know we all wanted like Bain, De- uh, Desmond Bain, Tyrese Maxey, but I mean, like, I think he'll come around. I because you know because of COVID and just like the short off season and just like, um, n- you know, Carlisle not giving him a uh, long enough leash. This really is his rookie year, so I personally would not be surprised if like next year is the year he really pops off, or maybe it takes a couple like uh, I don't know what two seasons will be from now. But um, I wanted to know what you think about like what he could be like because he is such a Swiss army knife of a player. Uh, he actually kind of reminds me of this one article that Haley O'Shaughnessy wrote for the ringer profiling Marcus smart and how he kind of coined himself as being a stretch six because he can cover one through five. And I wanted, do you think that could be like too high of an expectation for Josh green considering like his defensive versatility or like that's something he probably could uh, potentially live up to. I mean, I think that's a fun thought because it's sort of, it's, you know, when you draft 18th, you hope for a rotation level player is kind of what it comes down to where he is going to constantly take issues is with the fact that he was surrounded by a series of guys bookended really on guys that were better <laughs> and and not just a little bit better, a lot better. Uh, the 2020 draft is looking to have a lot of rotation based pieces and I'm glad he's going to be one of them. Um, I don't know what that means for his career long-term. If anything, I think it means in that, <clears throat> excuse me, if anything, I think the Mavericks may move on from him at some point, but um, that's because you get his value up and it's like, all right, well, because you look like the Mavericks are looking to win now and he's going to be the seventh man off the bench in the playoffs at this point. And that's crazy to me. <laughs> he's not that good for that, but he is playing right, better. Yeah. And that's good. Right. I mean, like, that's what I'm kind of wondering. Like I'm trying, I don't want to get too far ahead of what they could possibly do in the off season. Cause it's like, if, uh, but like draft night, it's like, I, I would not be surprised if he's like part of a package for something, um, cause like, I know since we, they become so enamored with John Collins, now that Perkins is gone, is this the summer they actually get him? Cause like all those questions of fit are kind of out the window, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but man, I just hope just like everyone else is saying, like what Brett and everyone else mentioned, like, I just hope that like Trey Burke, Sterling Brown are gone. I just don't know how, uh, Derek, uh, or Harp is able to like, spill an orgasm every single time he hits an oh <laughs> an right. uncontested three. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. But if he can't score, he's not doing anything for you. For sure. For sure. Well, thank you, Steven. Appreciate you joining. Enjoy yeah, spring break.
<laughs> yeah, you too. Enjoy. Yeah, I, I don't know what I'm doing with my child over spring break. Not looking forward to it, but that's okay. Um, Shishi, welcome. What do you got tonight? Hit that unmute button and tell us what, uh, what you're thinking. Give you just a second to find the unmute, and that might be it. Okay. Um, let's go with uh, Braylon. Welcome back to the show. How you doing? Hey, what's up? Not much. I'm almost finished with this show. You might be our last guest. Tell us what, what you're... Okay, so what I'm thinking, um, the... F- as for the game, the first half wasn't all that great. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, I was hoping that he would like improve throughout the game. You know, he um, well, in the first half, I was I was kind of like chunk, chucking it up to uh, Al Horford's defense because he was he was really tagging him uh, throughout the game. Um, but that last shot. That last shot was redemption for me. And so far, I love the trade. Uh, that was I know, I know Xavier is somewhere somewhere. Uh, he's been so he's been so annoying. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Braylon, do, do, if you know this, tell us the answer. But do you know how many free throws that Spencer did when he had today? Uh, no. He had nine. He got to the line. like So he didn't really have a great shooting game, 5 of 14. But he just marched to the free throw line. And that sort of thing is where he's adding just all sorts of little bits of value. Because you, like, he's not the only guy helping get other teams in foul trouble. And I think. Yeah. Also, I also do have to add, um, he, he was 3 of 6. Which is crazy. He's shooting that three ball so well. I don't understand what was going like what was going so wrong in in Brooklyn and and Washington that he couldn't shoot all that well. I don't think he was getting catch and shoots like this. Like the one that he was a game winner, there's nobody within 15 feet of him. I mean, that's a practice shot. Yeah. But here I'm I'm seeing catch and shoots. I'm seeing off the dribble. Sometimes he even stepped. Back. Yes, he has. He hit one from the Luca spot the other day that was like, wait, what? It's freaking crazy. Yeah, oh, big. But everybody, everybody has been doing. Uh, everybody's been doing pretty good since the KP trade. Um, Dodo did pretty good today. I want to give him some. I want to give him a lot of credit for that. Uh, for the start of the third quarter, like. Or was it? Was it? It was in the third quarter. Was it the start where he was gaining momentum? I don't remember because I was following that at that point in the game. I was following on my GameCast because I wasn't home. <laughs> but the, I mean, thirty-eight points in the third quarter is worth things. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a start, but he, yeah, his defense, offense. It, he was really killing it for us. But I, I do appreciate you. Uh, Dorian. Absolutely. But I'll, I'll, I'll uh, end on this. Um, it's really about Dirk. I didn't, I didn't really. I saw the Dirk ceremony, and this KG uh, ceremony got me thinking to that. But um, yeah, congrats to Dirk. But I, I have to question like, is, is, do we come to a point where it gets too much? 
In terms of what? Like the retirement? No, like the just everything. Do you mean the way we talk shit about KG? <laughs> after no, after after uh, I saw Steve Nash, uh, you know, get his ending take on it, it it really got me to thinking like. When is too much? I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, it just got, it just got me to thinking. Um, but as for the statue, it's just like that. I, they could they couldn't put one ball. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I understand. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. All right. Have a good one. All right. Um, I lied. My wife has not stormed up the stairs, so we're going to fly through some people. Chris, give me your take. Hey, Kirk, how's it going? It's going. Well, since we played the Celtics tonight and Ruben was talking about bad luck guys and this and that, there is a good movie I suggest you guys to watch if you haven't seen it. Celtic Pride mm. came out in 96 with Dan Aykroyd, Daniel Stern. Very strong movie, yeah. That's, that's a funny movie. No, it, it, they're in the middle of the finals game, and uh, – they were doing good at first, and then the Celtics were catching up, and then one of their friends was in the game. They were like, we were up by 18 and a half. Now we're only up by two because you should start showing up in the at halftime, and now you know we're like losing in the game, so you got to leave. So all these fans were kicking the guy out of the game just because he thought that was a bad luck guy. <laughs> so that's, that's, a, that's a funny movie. Um, but, yeah, yeah, this game, awesome, man. Like, Can you think of another trade in recent memory that a player has come into the Mavs that has – really had an immediate impact. Like you said, we're like nine and two since he started playing with the Mavs. I mean, this is awesome. So. No, it's got to be like the 2010 trade when they moved, you know, for Cron Butler and and those guys. Like that was the last time I felt like impact like this immediately. Yeah, Brandon Hayward. Like that's that's just uh, – that was a great trade at the time. And But, it's been, again, that was 12 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I remember when Cron Butler went down. I guess it was against the Bucks, right? I, I remember that game vividly where – he goes down, and I was thinking, oh, man, this is not good. And then we ended up winning the title that year. That's just uh, crazy good times. But, um, no, I'm, I'm really looking – I'm really happy with where we're at. I really feel like we are a grindy team. We're, we are winning games that doesn't feel like we have any business winning just because we get back into it. We'll get down 10, 15 points, and we just just grind it out with defense. And, yeah, Maxi Kleber, it, I want him to hit threes. But, damn, if he's playing defense like this, I mean, he deserves to be on the floor. Um, sure. So, yeah, it doesn't really matter who we play. I mean, yeah, that does kind of matter. But that's my only concern is the rim protection. Uh, no, Embiid's going to eat our lunch, and we're all going to be very upset. About Mitchell Robinson, I know this is after the playoffs, but is this true about the whole Mitchell Robinson might be interested in, in playing for Dallas? Yeah, or I, there's a lot of, like, like so So Scott, who's on the other side of the planet right now, he'll, he'll hear this at some point, but he's got a post coming about why any sort of like jail, because a lot of people think that Brunson want to go to the Knicks. Uh, and then it would, it's like, Oh, well, if he wants to go there, let's do a sign and trade. Like this is entirely like Dallas fan theorizing. Yeah. All speculation. Uh, yeah. Right. It's, it, like it makes sense on paper to a degree, but he even explains how difficult it is with their current cap sheet. Like they would have to shed some more money before they could do something like that. It's, it's not, I don't think it's very likely, but, but but lastly, we're a half a game behind the Jazz, and they're playing the Bucks tomorrow. Jazz are so. Mm. I mean, I, I mean, I know if we tied it up, we still would be, you know, in the fifth spot, and there's still plenty of games left. But the Mavs are doing what they're they're doing their job. They're doing their end of it. And they're winning games. Like 
we just got to hope that the Jazz have, you know, go on a four-game losing streak or, you know, wishful thinking. But it might happen. We might end up getting the fourth seed at the last day of the of the season, and that's just going to be great for us. So. And you know who we play? The San Antonio Spurs, who we have never swept as a franchise in history, I don't think. There was one – a few years ago, we played them. We were playing their B squad team, and we ne- I think we needed to win that game. We ended up losing. Or maybe we didn't need to win. <laughs> But that was the most annoying. I think Patty Mills went off on us. I'm like, that sounds right. Yeah, he always does that too. Yeah, so we play the Nets coming up soon too, right on Wednesday. Wednesday, we got a two day break. No Kyrie, but yeah, hopefully Patty Mills doesn't go off on us on Wednesday. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks, Chris. Talk soon. Yes, sir. You too. Mm-hmm. All right, Mr. Dang, what do you got? Doe, you there? You fall asleep? Maybe. We never know. I'll bring you back on if you uh, if you see this again. Um, all right, Max, let's try it one more time. Hey, Kirk, how you doing? Uh, good. Yeah, glad to be here. I uh, live in Boston. I go to school oh, up here. Oh, you're gonna have so a great great week. I oh my god, I I was trying to get tickets for the game. You know, when I initially saw that they were coming up here, but I didn't realize it was KG retirement night, and it was tickets were like so expensive. Sure. But I swear to God. If I had gone, I would have been so un- insufferable. I would have gotten my ass beat outside of TD Garden. Right. But yeah, I, I, I'm I'm very very happy with this win. You know, snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. You know, we stayed close pretty much the entire game. You know, we let them go in a little run, but you know, I, I'm just happy that we were getting wins at the point in the season where where we really need them. We can't start to slide and. You know, as as we've always said, you know, it's much better to end the season strong than and than uh, you know start the season strong than fall off. But yeah, very happy about this, and uh, yeah, let's go Mavs. Let's keep this trainer rolling. Outstanding. Well, I hope you enjoy the week and lord it over all of your friends. We'll talk soon. All right. Um. Last but not least, John. John, what's going on? Hey, can you hear me? All right. Hey, I just one point. Uh, awesome game. Uh, prayers for Maxi because that Jalen Brown dunk was was just nasty. Um, so keep him up. He was only over two. Poor guy. He just needs some threes. And then uh, it's just like you go, you and uh, Josh were saying for the longest time. We just need better players, right? And it's not like we've gotten great players, but after trading KP, you know, and just like just getting Dinwiddie, like someone that can handle the ball, is like another ball handler and like some fresh blood from like Theo and Marquise becomes back. It just seems like we got a few players, which is more than like the last couple of years, it feels like. And all of a sudden, it's like a whole new team out there. And it's like we're peaking at the right time. Anyway, it just feels good from where we were at the beginning of the year. So, yeah, good vibes. That's right. Well, thank you, John. This is a great way to end the show. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, all so right, look guys. Forward to it. Thanks. All right, we'll talk soon. Okay, everyone. So, schedule. Um, I'll probably do a couple of short podcasts the next couple of days. But – it's been a very pod-heavy month. You probably are tired of hearing me, um, but we'll see. Maybe we'll throw together a green room on Tuesday night or something and uh, see what how you know take the temperature of how everyone's feeling before Brooklyn. Um, Nacho, be sure to just make sure you're following me. That's how you get the notification. Uh, that's how you uh, if you follow me on Green Room here. For anybody listening on the podcast, be sure to download the Spotify Green Room. Follow me at Kirk Henderson thirty five. And we will um, see 
you know, what sort of work we do over the next couple of uh, days or weeks. Everybody enjoy the start of your week. I've had fun doing this, and uh, I will get to go to bed before midnight tonight. Really excited. Go Mavs!